Are you happy to be in Paris? <laughs> no. No. Are you happy to be done with Paris? We. We. We, 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 My Duolingo no. French really coming in clutch on that. We. Dead. Um, ooh, I need to remember to do my Duolingo today. Thank you for <laughs> me reminding me. My Duolingo um, bird is smushed right now. Yeah, he's like, well, fuck you, Ben, bitch. Anyway. Bird? I guess he is a bird, but like, I'd be more specific with owl. I don't know. <laughs> Are owls not birds? <laughs> I also, like, not to misgender the Duolingo owl, but like... <laughs> the fact he's a boy was was sh- was like a shocking turn of events for Miranda. <laughs> uh, still is. Anyway... Yeah, shout out to Paris. I'm glad that we're nearing the end of the season. Um, I'm excited for people to not be saying like, oh, this part of the calendar doesn't matter. And do you know what I mean? Like, I'm excited to get back to Australia and have things like matter again. Um, But yeah, Paris. I saw this this post that I think really, though, sums up how I feel about the off season um, that I retweeted on Twitter. It's what am I supposed to do in the off season? I'm going to have to get like a personality or something. (laughs) And that's genuinely how I feel. Um. <laughs> I mean, I hate to break this too. You do have stuff to do over the off season. <laughs> uh, so anyway, as um, do I. As do you. Um, Welcome uh, to Backhands and Compliments. I'm oh, Katie. Right. <laughs> I'm Miranda. Katie, do you know what I was thinking about the other day? What were you thinking? I about? was like. Do people who, like, are not native English speakers, of which we have, you know, a few in the audience, yeah. do they understand the pun of the name of this? Like, does does the oh. phrase a backhanded compliment, like, mean something to them? Let us know. Call in. <laughs> yeah. Let us, let us know, seriously, because that is honestly, I'm curious. I feel like they would, but then again, I'm, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. So I would like to find out let us know if english is not your native language um if you had to interact with a duolingo owl (laughs) (laughs) full circle yeah like um yeah so full circle this is i feel like the way that we always start podcast episodes when like it's a week where novak won (laughs) yeah because we're like you know what we're not gonna talk about who won (laughs) novak um which unfortunately happens quite a bit it does. Um, I know. Honestly, though, I felt like this was not nearly as easily won as some no. of his other tournaments, which mm-hmm. I will take as a win. I think this has probably been his hardest tournament to win in, like, a very long time. Dare I say, since, like, Wimbledon, when he didn't win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think that that's fair. I think that's an interesting thought. I haven't really... I mean, he hasn't played much between uh, Wimbledon and now. Hasn't... I mean, what else did he play other than Cincy and the U.S. Open? I mean, I don't think anything. He didn't play any 250s. Um, Not in this I part of the calendar. So, like, he you played know, some out, of those, out of those three tournaments, this has been the hardest one for him to it's win. It's been the hardest one. I mean, he went three sets with Andre. He went three sets with Holger. He mm-hmm. went three sets with Talon Greekspor. Oh Talon Greekspor. Shout out Talon. Yeah, Talon Greekspor took that first set, didn't he? First set. 6-4. I got four. so excited. I was so excited for Talon. I really was rooting for him. I'm always kind of rooting for, for him because I, I, I kind of always I've, root for Dutch tennis players. But I'm often rooting for, for Talon, sure. But I'm always rooting against Novak. One thing about me, <laughs> always rooting against Novak. Always. There's not a single so. time. Well, actually, there is one time. 
that I think I'd root for Novak. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunately I can think rapidly of two, approaching. But one of them hasn't happened since in Wimbledon. a long time. Last year. Since Wimbledon last, last year. Last year. <laughs> and it was a str- it was a painful to do that, but I had to. Yeah. Um, I couldn't so. even watch. I had to listen to the radio. <laughs> Which honestly, like, I don't know if that's better or worse. I, I don't either, um, but they did a good job. So uh, I am not going to lie. I'm a little cloudy on Paris because I was, uh, I was going to say abroad and then I was like, that's not the word. No, it is. Um, is word, I, yeah. I was in Cancun. <laughs> so <laughs> For the WTA finals. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, no, I was in Cancun for like a family wedding. We stayed pretty far from like where the venue is because again, it's like a, it's a resort mm-hmm, city, yeah. I feel like. So it's, I don't, it's like a whole, or we were in a resort where it like would have been a whole ordeal to get out and go. And then also like the weather was terrible. So the day that I was like maybe thinking that I could go would have been Friday and like the weather was just so awful. So I'm glad ultimately that I didn't. I do feel bad because like I like the mm, (laughs) I like the idea of supporting the WTA girlies. Uh, Yeah. Um, I love them. I think that they should get all the prize money. I think they should get all of the promotion. I think that they should get all of the etc. But um. As with you most know. things, we love the girlies. We hate so the true. establishment. Oh my god, so true. Like, <laughs> that's just like our brand. <laughs> we love an establishment that respects the girlies. And this establishment does not. Which yeah. is uh, most of them don't. <laughs> most of them don't. I think I saw a tweet about this, and I told my mom this, um, that Jessica Pagula should just buy the WTA at this point and just fix it. Like, How she much could. could it cost? Not that much, considering... Like, you've seen their tax returns. So true. But I've seen their tax returns from, like, 2021. Well, you I'm said keeping an eye out. coming out soon. So we'll keep you informed. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I actually don't. I don't. I'm not going to lie. I don't know when 2022 is coming out. Like, you would think it would have come out by now. But they have a long time to file it and make it public. So I will be keeping my eyes peeled on ProPublica bookmark anyway sorry i was in cancun so if you're like oh miranda how was your vacation in cancun you probably know it was rainy um (laughs) but like you saw it (laughs) yeah y'all know um but it was like not that bad for me because i wasn't having to like dry off a tennis court because it was a lot of like intermittent rain oh okay yeah so it was very windy though too oh my god it was so windy and honestly even when it wasn't raining the second that i got out of the airport and like stepped foot into Mm -hmm. the air my immediate thought was oh my god like this would be a nightmare to play tennis in and i think that about most conditions but i especially thought it about (laughs) like it felt why was that why did you why did you feel this way (laughs) For anyone who's not familiar with Cancun weather. <laughs> yeah. So it was so hot and so muggy. Um, the way that I would describe it, the second after I, like, stepped outside, maybe walked, you know, 10 feet, got accosted by all of the people trying to, like, get you to get into their taxi. Um, mm. It felt as though I had taken a steaming hot shower and forgot to bring a towel into the bathroom and, like realized there were no towels in there and just had to put my clothes on Ooh. like that was oh. what it felt like the second oh i walked out of there <laughs> oh my god sensory nightmare oh, i know ick, it was like ick, not ick, good ick. 
so would rather yeah die. that's not what oh. you want to feel uh after getting off a four and a half hour flight anyway yeah. but it was lovely i had a great time i'm so glad mm-hmm. you had a better time than all the girlies did so it's so it true bad. i'm wondering i'm currently like trying not to think about the bug bites that are on my Ooh. ankles i have so many mm. mosquito bites and i was like oh my god i wonder if the girlies have mosquito bites like i do Oof, I bet they do. Oh, I'm so sorry to those girlies. Oh. Anyway. That sucks. Best, anyway. best of luck to the girlies. Congrats to Iga. Um, yeah. Number one out. again. Love that well for you. Um, uh, unfortunately, we have to talk about the men now. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, but let's talk about, like, one of the good men. I was so happy for Grigor Dimitrov mm-hmm. making it to the final and being that losing finalist. Um, yeah. I watched his match against Hubie with my mom. Um, mm-hmm. My mom was very impressed with Grigor. She was like, I told her that he won later and she because we didn't finish watching it. And she was like, mm-hmm. well, of course he did. You could tell. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Slay. Sure. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, he um, was obviously very emotional about the win, uh, mm-hmm. was crying, or about the loss. Um, <laughs> he was crying <laughs> on the bench afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if he really, like, expected to win that, and it was, like, a disappointed kind of cry, but I think it was also just sort of a relief because it was a big week for Greg's. Yeah. Wasn't the crowd also chanting for him or something yeah. like that? I think I that think also they were. contributed it to it. I mean, I mean, I don't know much about Gregor Dimitri. I know he's been having a really great year, but, like, when's the last mm-hmm. big title he won? I have no idea. No idea. I mean... Let me do a fact check here. <laughs> yeah, look up when Griggs's last uh, title was. But I think, I mean, the last one that I can think of is the uh, racket time capsule battle against Andre <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's honestly, a really like, important title. <laughs> should cry about that. Oh, my God. Oh. When was the last title that Griggs won? Do you want to take a guess? It's uh, not in the last... 2018. Many years. Close earlier. Oh my god, earlier? Twenty seventeen. He won Damn. four titles. He's like Karen Hatchinov. Wow. Um, the last thing he won. And he'd won he'd won a Masters one thousand before. Yeah, he won since he. Okay. The was last that the year that you won? went? Oh my god, she's nodding. It was the year that she went. A Grigor Dimitrov ran into your mother and then went <laughs> No, to actually win it wasn't Cincinnati. it wasn't that year, but we were there for, oh, okay. or no, were we? Yes, we were. Yeah, we were there for that. Um Okay. <laughs> so the next <laughs> Grigor needs um me to go to Cincinnati. Like Holger needs you to make eye contact with him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if so I'd gone to Paris, Grigor would have won. You should have gone to Paris. Should have gone to Paris. I'm so sorry, Greeks. If I'd gone to Paris and been there uh, for your <laughs> early stages, you would have won. Um, but his last official title was the Nito ATP Finals that same year. Wow. So. I forget that he won that. Like it's that's crazy to me that he won that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Makes yeah. you think. <laughs> so that's just um, titles by the way. Um, I don't, it doesn't say mm-hmm. finals. I don't know when the last final he was in besides this one was, but that's crazy. Yeah, no. Anyway. But he has been on kind of like a hot streak lately. Um, and I yeah. know, I think he also had a busy week because there were lots of player complaints coming in. 
and um, uh, he is one of the player representatives on the players council, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, along with Andre Rublev. They're like the representatives from one through 50 ranking. Um, And then they have, you know, 50 to 100, 100 to 200, et cetera, kind of on and on to make an even council of players. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's kind of tough when you're complaining about that stuff and you want like your player representative to speak up for you and they're still in the tournament, (laughs) like that stuff. And he's, you know, like having a lot of like big battles and stuff and like getting favorable um, time slots as well. I think he got Mm -hmm. a bunch, not that he controls that obviously, but uh, from all, like most of the players, like he got some, like he wasn't one of the people I think who got screwed over by Paris's timing issues from what I saw. No. The thing, do you have any thoughts about Paris's timing issues? Like, I sorry, I said that right as you took a sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like preparing. How do, you, how do you feel about the timing issues in Paris? I just, I feel, I feel conflicted about it because, well, mm, there's not that many courts in Paris, right? No. Like, so, and they only play three sets. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, if people go three sets and play really long battles, like, yeah, things are going to get pushed back. They could start earlier, but, like, that's not really a precedent that anyone... What? You saying, yeah, it's going to get pushed back is very, like, Vanessa Hudgens going, like, yeah, people are going to (laughs) die. But that's, like, inevitable? Like, that's what you sounded like. I mean, am I wrong? Am I going to look at me and tell me I'm wrong? The thing that makes me have a bit of a hard time about people complaining about Paris's scheduling is that um, the solve to it is two weeks for the Masters. Yeah, and I don't want that. So, yeah. I will say, though, I think... Or no dubs. Sorry. That would be devastating. But also, Paris Percy shouldn't exist. They should, like, be at courts where they have enough courts for yeah. people to go and sit etc i believe yeah. i could be wrong i think they only sell tickets for that main court i don't think that they sell like tickets to court two and court three i think it's just like a grounds pass kind of situation oh, where if okay, you have yeah. a ticket for up above yeah. you can go down like there aren't any dedicated <laughs> seats that get you sold can, you can get into the basement <laughs> literally um so, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I think my only real complaint about the um, scheduling, <laughs> sorry if you can hear the dogs barking in the background, um, is that they did put people who played later on earlier than people had who had played earlier. Like, Yeah, and that just doesn't make sense. It's so dumb. Like, why did they literally, I think I saw at one point they had in the schedule, like, the two winners of this match or the winner of this match and the winner of that match. And they hadn't actually played that match. And yet they had the two people who are going to play on the court after. And it's like, they had already played a match and both the players mm-hmm. were already done. Like, why are they after the people who haven't even played yet? Yeah. Like, what's the common sense? There is yeah. none. It's just, it's tough when people are like, we have to find a solve for this. And it's like, they have found a solve for this. It's making the masters tournaments two weeks long. Um, and we don't like that solve, uh, so. That's all pretty, solve is just get rid of Paris and put it somewhere else. Yeah. Well, the streets are saying that. Not where that is. Yeah. The streets are <laughs> no, no, saying no. that there's talk of a Saudi Arabia Masters 1000 in January before the Australian Open. 
And I think it should be in November and take the place of Paris instead. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, what they should be doing is making one of the Golden Swing a, a Masters 1000. And just having... Yeah, but they're trying to get the Saudi Arabia money. I so. know what they're doing. Doesn't mean I have okay. to want it because I will always be an advocate for putting more tournaments in South America as opposed to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. You and Cam Nori. <laughs> Cam yeah, honestly, <laughs> no, Cam Nori plays the Golden Swing one time and this is how Katie feels. <laughs> uh, I mean, it does seem that way, but no. Um. <laughs> She's like, yeah, they should move Indian Wells to October too. <laughs> <laughs> From my uh. king. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, the next point that I added to the notes about this whole Garuna's gummy bears, you guys, um, we have to talk it, about this. Like, this is the have, whole thing. We have to. Have I to. didn't realize that, like, when I joked about, I was joking when I was talking about Ogaruna's gummy bears. Like, I thought that he was having, like, energy chews or something yeah. like that to give himself extra sugar during these matches because, like, that's what he was saying was causing his cramping issues was like he Mm -hmm. needed more sugar carbohydrates energy whatever i didn't maybe i knew this and just like it shoved it so deep (laughs) back in my mind i didn't realize he was actually like having haribo gold bears like i had no idea here's the thing that i thought was was that a shout out to me (laughs) that's what i was like about to say i was like i saw that tweet and i literally was like is hulker runa listening to our podcast is he like, hey, damn Hulky. it, Miranda, you should have come? <laughs> I mean, How dare you? He, he might have beaten Novak if back you had. To back. He might have beaten no. Novak if you had. No, I just think that that's hilarious to me. So um, fucking funny. Anyway, that just, shot of I it, too, it. is so funny of it. Like, it's yeah. just sitting there. The like, rapper. It was a cinematic masterpiece. Thank you, cameraman, who was Honestly, <laughs> did that shot. <laughs> taste. They're delicious. We also I want to talk about Andre. Of I always want to talk about Andre. Um, half our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I will say he got so close to beating Novak here, and that was like really so tough to see. It was typical Novak in a Paris semifinal behavior, mm, where so so true. <laughs> he makes it and gets really close to losing to someone. Um, last year it was Stefanos mm. in a third set tiebreak, but this time it was Andre Rublev in a three set battle. Um, Andre clearly was playing like so well. Uh, yeah. And I'm so excited to see him at the finals. Um, I yeah, I just was like, was so proud of Andre for really like stepping it up. And I think improving, like, I don't know if it's just something about the conditions that worked really mm-hmm. well for him, but Andre killed it and I'm proud. And I just, I, once again, we say this every single podcast, it feels <laughs> like, so I'm sorry you're going to hear it again if you are a listener Here's of us. Here's the thing. I don't know what you're about to say because I oh. feel as though there are so many things that we say every single time. <laughs> Just those rinse and repeat, recycle and same shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> no. Um, no, I'm just going to, I just, this once again shows Andre's improved mental state because genuinely, I think last year, like he would have played that really tough match the night before against Alan Steam and I won three sets. Um, mm-hmm would have come back and he probably would have gotten absolutely trampled by Novak. Like I, and just, you just continue to see so much growth emotionally from him because, you know, you, I watched him from like a year ago or like two years ago. And like, you do? he always had, I've, you know, 
I like to watch old tennis matches. Leave me alone. Um, He always had the talent to obviously be a top player. That's why he is a top player. But again, the mental stat, the mental status of himself, you know, the beating up of himself of not being able to fight back because he's just so down on himself has like, you know, leaps and bounds improved, like just literally in less than a year because Mm -hmm. you started to see the beginnings of it. Funnily enough, after his 25th birthday in the NITO ATP finals against Steph. The brain started cooking. Finished cooking. The brain finished cooking, took it out of the oven. Beautiful. Um, So anyway, I just, once again, this is an amazing example of Andre, like just being emotionally mature and like just Mm -hmm. continuing this amazing progress. And another example of Andre losing Bercy to the eventual winner like he did last year. True. Mm-hmm. Mm. Spooky. Wow. Anyway. Ooky spooky. Kitty, I added a oh point my to God. the notes doc that you did <sighs> not fill this. out, but I just want to give you a moment uh, to go through your doubles alley because I feel like I keep hearing about lots of um, doubles couples breaking up. Not couples, pairings. <laughs> Doubles teams. Doubles teams break. Doubles teams. So, so yeah. what's going on? There is something the in the water. There is something in okay. the water. So first of all, shocker of all shockers, if you didn't know, um, the winners of Wimbledon are Neil Skepsky and Wesley Kulhoff. Mm-hmm. And um, Shark for some AI ways- Harry Styles. <laughs> No, there are they, two that I call Shark Boy. It's an yeah. issue. Sorry. There, it, it, it really was. Honest. I'll tell. I'll say this, and then I'll. I had a, Miranda literally gave me a panic attack the other day. <laughs> oh my god. So anyway, so Wes and Kulhoff and Neil Skepsky broke up, and it was very funny because one of my mutuals cool had cool ski. One of my mutuals literally messaged <laughs> Neil Skepsky. And was like, please tell me the rumors on the streets aren't true. Say psych right now. And <laughs> me when I either... messaged the ATP about Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Literally. Except Neil Skupsky respond responded. Neil Skupsky responded. I don't know if this was like the person who runs his account. I don't know if it's him. It's probably Neil is him. Neil does not have somebody running his Instagram account, <laughs> Katie. Absolutely not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> he sent back at the saddest fucking emoji like this like really sad face because yes and here's where the t is with that one wesley kulhoff um his old partner who he won the nito atp finals with and the u.s open he's pairing with again who um nikola mektich mektich okay so it's not gonna be mektich and pavich anymore nope they broke up and mektich why would also why would mektich and pavich aren't they both croatian they are. And that's where the team is Why would you break well. up before the Olympics? What are you doing? I don't know. Especially because they won the gold medal last Olympics. They won the I gold can't. medal last Olympics. They broke up after Wimbledon. Um, and then for some reason, Wesley Kohlhoff's going back to his old partner, which I don't know why you would do that. No. So what Miranda <laughs> did that gave me a panic attack was so <laughs> back when I first got into doubles, my favorite doubles team is Ramsbury, which is Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury. And of course, Miranda looked up Joe Salisbury and was like, he looks like shark boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he calls. And then, so she messages me like something like, I forget what it was, but like something like shark boy broke up with his partner or whatever, whatever it was. And I was like, <laughs> no shark boy broke up with AI Harry Styles is what I said. What's that? I, anyway, I just saw shark boy broke up with, 
And yeah. I was like, what? Because I know. in my head. Imagine if I was calling Rashi Fram. That'd be unhinged. But I just, for a very hot no. second. And He's, I was like, how's everyone's Thanksgiving going, Rashi Ram? Ugh. Iconic, iconic behavior mm-hmm. from that man. They have not broken up, by the way. Ramsbury are intact. Um, but I did look it up and five out of the eight, actually, I would say six, actually, of the eight, six of the nine pairings that were in Paris last year. Sorry. <laughs> Turin. <laughs> in Turin. Sorry, Turin, yeah. Um, have now broken up. Mm-hmm. And you thought it was reason. five and I corrected you that it was six. Mm, no, 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 no. You, I said it was four, and you said it was five, and then I'm counting six because Max Purcell and Matt, Max Purcell and Ebden. Matt Ebden, are also broken up, which they were the, the ultimates in Paris. They broke gotcha. up well before. Okay, because I knew that you forgot about Kokonakis and Curios, and that was yeah. the one that I reminded you was in fact in Turin. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously hasn't played together all year. I'm sure maybe yeah. one day they will again, but God, I don't hopefully really not. Um, um. So yeah. The one thing that's crazy about all of this doubles drama is I'm, I know this because I'm in a doubles group chat, naturally. And apparently, one of the doubles players, <laughs> Harry Heliovara, runs a blog. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Where he is over there spilling tea in Finnish. <gasps> and so I'm getting the in translated. Finnish? Duolingo owl finish instantly. <laughs> <laughs> but it is so much. Like, he is spilling the tea on all of these, like prominent pairings who have broken up like there are so many and i'm like what is in the water what is happening gossip dubs so much (laughs) gossip over there on harry heliobar's blog what the hell can one of you like start a blog damn like where is emil rusevori's blog (laughs) oh my god (laughs) just give us some gossipy fins what can i say no (laughs) katie if you could have a blog from any tennis player whose blog would you want because oh, a blog, no. like, a blog is not a podcast. Like, it's not the same no. kind of vibe. These are, like, blo- um, like these are, like... Okay. Like, who, who looks who, like who's... they can read and write? That's what I was wondering. Because, like, part of me wants to say Andre, but I'm like, we know he cannot read and write. No, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> like, no. who do I feel like would have a good blog? I just... My brain wants to say no. Chris Eubanks. Casper Rude. Oh, Yeah. Casper would spill because like Casper's also the yeah. sneaky shady. Yeah. Where he would sneakily drop tea in his gossip vlog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, that's That'd your doubles alley. <laughs> or Daniil. Uh yeah. Yeah. I bet Daniil, he's also friends with all the dubs guys. I bet he gets all the drama. I'm sure he does. I'm just like, I, I, once again, I'm the just link shocked. to this vlog. I'm so curious now. If there's like drama that I like, that could maybe get me into doubles. It maybe could. Anyway, tea. yeah, it's just like I and like he's like spilling tea on like who's gonna be the new pairings and stuff. Um, which I don't know. I don't remember any of the ones that are significant, but it's just really wild that so many like actually like prominent doubles pairings have like, I like I, Kulski is what struck. It's like what I struggle with because yeah. like. They're at the top of their game. Like, Wes, yeah. why are you going back to your ex? <laughs> like, like he broke up with you to play with Pavich. And now Crazy. you're... I don't know. Anyway, absolute insanity over in the dub sphere. Over in the doubles alley. Mm-hmm. Coming so out that with was, me. So that was fun. 
Do you want to talk about like the part of this note stock oh. that isn't fun? Which also is like the majority of the note stock. I think the note stock is like 800 oh. words and this is 600 of them. Oh my gosh. Excuse me while I put on my emotional support scarf for this segment. Yeah, oh my God. You need it. Um, I have I my it. emotional support water bottle ready to go. Um, have you cleansed it by speaking to it? No, I haven't. But I did wash it this morning. Um, anyway. Nice. It's lovely. <laughs> Thanks. So it has been kind of like a generally not the best week uh, for the leadership teams around like the ATP mm-hmm. and the WTA. The WTA in terms of like the f- not very super successful Cancun WTA finals and all of that. Um, and then for the ATP, there's been like the scheduling issue, people speaking out about that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also been more... Um, reporting i will say more reporting about the zverev um abuse and assault allegations so um i went through and read this article i read like you know the new york times piece and the guardian Mm -hmm. piece uh i think the the guardian one was probably my favorite done by tumani carriol um, did a great job, but uh, I also went through and read this like interview that she did in German, and uh, it was it was a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we we did discuss whether we were going to talk about this or not, and it's just in my opinion, we've reported on other stuff that has been involved with this, and mm-hmm. you know, I feel like all of us should be speaking out about it. And you know, if this is your first time hearing about it, this is what we know, obviously. Um, and I'll put a I'll put a trigger warning time skip you can skip to if you don't want to hear about uh, talks of domestic violence and such. So, yes, totally. Um, and I also feel like we need to, you know, hold the powers that be accountable for this kind mm-hmm. of thing. And part yeah. of that is talking about it. Um, I yep. know, like the specifically the WTA players were sort of like chastised a bit by people online for talking about the issues with Cancun saying Mm -hmm. that like oh you're tarnishing the reputation of your sport la da da okay then the sport should be better um and the thing is you don't get that kind of I mean okay the ATP men do speak out and they're not seen as like complaining when they like they are seen as advocating when they speak Mm -hmm. out about something whereas the women are seen as complaining when they speak out Mm -hmm. about something so it's a fully different vibe but also misogyny the men don't speak out as much like i haven't Mm -mm. seen anyone talk about this or ask about this or any of that so anyway it's just yeah go ahead it just it grinds my gears a little bit because Mm -hmm. like there is so much of the stuff about Paris's scheduling and yet on the And it's like, the that's tour, the least of our problems, y'all. Like, so many male players spoke up about that. Which, yes, that should be spoken yeah. up about. I'm not saying shut up about that. No. You can talk about multiple issues at once. I feel, mm-hmm. you know. but And um, very few male players spoke out about the Cancun stuff. However, Dennis Shapovalov did. Once again, Shout Dennis, Dennis Shapovalov. You dropped out of the I mean, top what 100, else is he but you're still but... a king. <laughs> So tough. Didn't shop of all up ring to like oh. 102. Yeah, I saw that Oof. earlier. You know what? Plan your wedding. Speak out for the girlies. Everything yeah. else will fall I'm, into place. I mean, live your best life. Go to the Maldives. Have a lovely time. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it just, it grinds my gears ultimately that, you know, you'll complain about Paris and yet you won't complain about 
a player who has domestic abuse allegations, multiple mm-hmm. at this point. It just grinds it's my tough. gears, but it always will. <laughs> yeah. So, um, great. Uh, essentially, the summary of what has happened is that Zerf has been issued a penalty order for bodily harm against his former girlfriend and also uh, mother of his child. And he's been issued these fines from the penalty order totaling 450,000 euros by a German court. Zverev has objected to the penalty order, meaning that it will likely go to public trial. So, God, I can't wait to have to talk about, like, all of that shit when it actually goes to a public trial. Great. So... The other thing, um, I think most people, I think it's pretty clear. I've looked at the analytics. Most people listening to this, not German. Um, (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, um, in Germany, a judge can hand out a penalty order in cases specifically where the prosecutor's office doesn't think that they need to do a trial. Um, Mm -hmm. So essentially, like... This site on German law that I looked up said the judge issues the penalty order if, after examining the contents of the file, he assumes that the case is simple and that the proceedings can also be decided from the desk. Meaning, like, the judge looks at it and says, this is pretty open and shut and, you know, we don't have to go to a trial. Um, The other thing that I want to clarify and make sure people know is that um the total fine is decided on because it's like a 90 day rate of 5000 euros a day and i think this is like the highest that a penalty order can be from what i understand mm-hmm. and then also the what do you call it what's the word the not defendant, the accuser, the, what is it? What's the word that I'm thinking of? Um, um, yeah, the person, the sewer, I guess, the person who sues. <laughs> yeah, suing, I feel but... like there, there's got to be a word for that. I just don't remember what it was. My if brother, anyone... who's a lawyer, would tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it isn't clear, uh, neither of us are lawyers. <laughs> plaintiff doesn't feel right, but I don't know. I think it's a plaintiff. Um, anyway. The person accusing him would not be who gets that money like that's because Mm -hmm. a lot of people are saying that this is some kind of like cash grab by the woman who is accusing him of this i'll get into this later but like she would have had an opportunity to cash grab and decided not to Mm -hmm. she does not get this four hundred and fifty thousand euros the state would um just the words cash grab like just set off something inside me those words mm -hmm. ick me out so much the amount that people use that against women yeah Makes me so... Oh my god, especially... Okay, like, we'll get into it. I don't... So anyway, this interview that she did um, was with a German publication that, frankly, I can't pronounce the name of. So, <laughs> sorry. So what it but, is. But, <laughs> um, yeah, she was driven to come forward by wanting to be an example for others. And originally mm-hmm. she was afraid of his lawyers and, like, confirmed for... Uh, concerned for her child that they have together. Um, she originally reported this in October of 2021. So more than two years ago was when she originally reported this. So it might be like, you know, oh, this feels like so long after the actual event, which was May of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, 
but like also because this stuff takes forever it does i mean that's just the way legal systems work Mm -hmm. um so she was offered a contract from zverev and his legal team that would have given her a hundred thousand euros uh under the clause that she would have to remain publicly silent and also that she would have to bring their kiddo to tournaments six times per year which if you're asking me I mean, doesn't seem like that much for that i don't know no i mean nothing will ever be enough but like a hundred thousand yeah. euros is not is nothing in my no, opinion and i don't know what kind of like if you're gonna cash craft craft for cash and that but like yeah, i just I, mean, I don't that's not anything and i don't know i'm sure they have some kind of like you know spouse uh, not spousal but like child support arrangement and stuff that's yeah, like sure. relative to how much money he has which child support and stuff like that should be yeah. um but yeah he offered her 100k for that um, other things that were in the nine-page contract, it would have forbidden her from contacting the other alleged victim who they, like, did the invest. She was the one who had the Ben Rothenberg piece, mm-hmm. um, and who the ATP, like, uh, did their investigation on to see if they could, like, find enough evidence of wrongdoing. Anyway, um... So she couldn't contact that other victim. And then she also was forbidden from publishing. She would have been if she had signed this. um, Forbidden from publishing any photos of their child online. Which to this, I initially read that and I was like, "Mm, okay, fair. But then it goes on to say that like she only ever shows, you know, the back of the kid's head or like feet, hands, whatever. Never like the kid's face, which... Mm -hmm. I kind of think is fine. Like, it's not an Elisa yeah. Medvedev situation where this kid is all over the place. Yeah, which is a whole other, <laughs> other thing. A whole other kid like, Which I'm just like, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, ultimately, like, if she did only want his money and, like, that was the reason why she was doing this, she would have agreed to that deal. But, like, mm-hmm. not this one where she won't see anything. And where she's having to, like, deal with this. Yeah. Like, three and a half years after the initial like incident like it's just why would any if anyone like why would somebody make this up like what i don't know (laughs) i just don't understand and and, like at this point with all of this this you know it just it it just like i'm speechless by some of the responses i have seen um in you know, I'm not like describing the actual violence either because I was no. just like I don't think we need to like actually give you those physical details of what happened but like mm-hmm. there's also always going to be those people online who are like that's not even that bad like I, and oh, I'm just like oh my yeah. god I hate you people like you people suck thank you so much for like telling me how terrible you are like thank oh. you for ruining my faith in humanity one fucking yeah. tweet at a time <laughs> yeah Ugh. um she did contact the other victim when that, like, reporting originally came out, but um, she didn't, like, go on the record or say anything publicly. And then she also, um, the other victim submitted an affidavit for these court proceedings as well, which I think is kind of interesting and um, mm-hmm. nice to see. Yeah. Um, I also think that, like, 
this case in general, this incident took place in May of 2020 in Berlin, in Germany. They are both German. Like, Mm -hmm. if you know the other case that happened with him, like, this one is much more straightforward to me in that, like, you know who to go to. You know that it's, like, the German authorities. You don't know, oh, this happened in New York and Shanghai and, like, Paris and, like, all of these other places where... You don't know which authority you'd give this to. It's, like, two Mm -hmm. different nationals of different countries. Like, the other one is just, like, so much more complicated, unfortunately. Um, But, yeah. And I don't know much about, like, the Russian legal system. um, But I'm going to go with it's probably not nearly as, like, supportive towards women as, like, a German court would be. Um, and that's what I don't, and I don't even Russian. think the German one necessarily. But I don't know where one. I don't either. But like Norway, maybe like Scandinavia. <sighs> I don't know. Scandinavia probably. Um, but I mean, it just yeah. It's I tough. Mean, it's it's it it is very difficult legally for the other victims. So I just I think that's maybe part of the reason why mm-hmm. this current um, victim has come forward with this stuff not only because it's the right thing to do and like you know whatever like this is you know you should fucking be behind bars but in my opinion which is just my opinion but Mm -hmm. you know um but yeah it's just it's it should not be like what this is essentially like if you it's from the reading that i did again i'm not a german like (laughs) lawyer expert um thank god honestly but um (laughs) It seems as though, like, when you are punished for a crime in Germany, you either get one of these penalty orders or you get prison time. Yeah. Like, so, anyway, it's just, it's crazy. The other detail, specifically, that I found, like, really harrowing and, like, heartbreaking is that, like, this incident took place in Berlin in May of 2020, and she found out that she was pregnant in June. So that's just, you know, like that makes all of this so much tougher because there's, you know, why, why wouldn't she come forward sooner? Like, I think that anyone with an ounce of empathy in their heart can like think about it and realize that like there's reasons why someone wouldn't come forward any sooner than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And it's just, I mean, if you actually read the psych the psychology around victims of domestic violence or if you read any actual accounts um it becomes very easy to understand and empathize why so many women don't come forward um because of so many different reasons with like you know the kind of stockholm syndrome and the you know and even just the legal system like the fact that it's it's november of 2023 and this happened in may of 2020 and she reported this in 2021 like, it's just, and, and I mean, I can't even imagine having to go through this, also having a child with this person. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, especially you know. a daughter. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I found out that Zverev had a daughter and it literally made me sick to my stomach. Like, that does is... he only have one daughter? I th- think so. I don't so. know. I'm Unclear. not sure. I don't, I don't, I don't look. I don't look. I know he has one. I think it's this one. Um, and it just, you know, I just hope and pray that this victim has a lot of familial support around her 
mm-hmm. because this has got to be so this has got to be night a nightmare a true Katie, nightmare do you know one just to kind of lighten it up slightly did you oh, know no. that she was on germany's next top model she was <laughs> <laughs> yeah no way Wait, she came in like 10th on a season of Germany's Next Top Model, which, by the way, I believe I saw Germany's Next Top Model filming once in L.A. What? Wait, yeah. when was this Germany's Next Top Model published? Or like, when did it come out? When? I don't know when. I don't know what year because... she was on it or something, but it was around the time. And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I might have seen her filming. <gasps> I'll have to because... like look back and figure out when that was. Because here's the thing about me, which probably will tell you way too much about me, is I am an America's Next Top Model girly. Stan. Like, Stan. But, like, in the... I watch it as, like, my comfort show, but it's also so toxic. And I Mm -hmm. went through a phase where I watched all the foreign editions. Like, Australia's Next Top Model, Germany's Next Top Model, Spain's Next Top Model. Like... Like, depending on what year she was on (laughs) Germany's Next Top Model, I might have watched it. Sorry, I just thought that you would enjoy that fun fact. One of the things that was in the article was that the public prosecutor's office, which is, you know, the government, um, they had a report prepared on this victim and she had to be interviewed by a renowned legal psychologist for several hours on several days. So, like, again, why don't women... Because they have to deal with this shit. Like, yeah. mm. It's not just, oh, this guy did this thing, and, like, then suddenly someone's life is ruined. It's, like, uh, this thing happens to a woman. Their life is ruined for years and years and years, not to mention the after effects, but, like, uh, I just can't. And the man never sees any consequences. And that's what my question is. Like, why is, like, I don't know this. Like, maybe they did. But, like, where is all of the hours and hours that he has to spend with a renowned legal psychologist? Great question. I don't know. Like... Why is he not the one that has to also go through these mm-hmm. things? Um, because yeah, I think so, if you spend uh, any amount of time watching him, you... Speaking I of think speaking, it's spending time watching people, so Zverev hired an investigator. This person never spoke to the woman, um, but instead looked at forensic evidence, which includes, and I am not joking, Instagram photos that she posted after the incident because no one's ever face tuned an Instagram photo. No, never. That's definitely never happened. Anyway, and you're not even going to speak to her? Like, I just, it's ridiculous. Um, Mm. And then as for what the ATP has said so far, everyone, are we ready? Mm. Are we ready? Yay, it's death. Okay, so this is via the New York Times. I cannot find an actual statement or like press release from them. Their press releases page hasn't been updated since April. I'm not even kidding. I don't know where they're putting their press releases, but it sure as hell isn't easy for me to find. What a surprise. Which is saying something considering the amount that you're able to find. Oh, so true. (laughs) Like... Like the things I, I that Miranda has the found, shit that I found before I left. Sorry. Okay. I, and you guys mm-hmm. know I was in the WTA's like you know nine nineties. I don't like Miranda is in the trenches. She didn't just like randomly Google like a li- like a little bit and be like mm, I can't yeah. find it. Like she's deep diving for y'all. Okay. If she yeah. can't find it, it's not there. I mean, ProPublica is quite an easy resource to like dig into, and it's literally all spelled out for me. But like, no, I know that that exists. Yeah. And anyway. I just, I, 
anyway. <laughs> so, I know you. Um, <laughs> so. The Association of Tennis Professionals, okay, the ATP, um, they sent in a statement on Wednesday that they are aware of the allegations that he faces in Germany. They're uh, citing ongoing legal proceedings. The ATP declined to provide any additional comment. So they're like, they're like, oh, uh, have you heard about, you know, the Zverev charges in Germany? And they're like, I've heard. No comment. Period. Yep. <laughs> and not in the, I've like, heard, yeah. period way. Like, the... Mm? Mm, they're just like... Mm-hmm. that's Honestly, that's what they said. Mm? Mm-hmm. And it's like... Oh. <sighs> What's the top layer just of the earth called? The crust. The top layer of the earth. Okay. What? Um... <laughs> Don't get that reference. Oh, okay. So the ATP also apparently said, again, I can't find it, that um, the matter could be resolved after the criminal proceedings have been completed. The case will be reassessed, which I really hope that they do. Um, Mm -hmm. because like, it's just so frustrating that tennis is so concerned with seeming like a clean organization. Like they just want to sweep any doping under the rug. They want to sweep, we, we, which we haven't even talked about. No, um, like the Jensen Brooksby stuff, which no proof that he's doping. He just missed tests. It's not the same thing, whatever. Um, but like they have such a strict punishment for that. And then this, again, they just want to like sweep it under the rug and pretend it's not, happening and pretend that it's not yeah. like a pervasive issue in their sport it's like just, it's an, a problem it's such a problem it's just so crazy to me that they are so concerned and have are so upsetty spaghetti over men cheating potentially cheating at a game and yet mm-hmm. actual real life women are hurt and they just go mm-hmm. like they're like what's a woman never heard of one never heard um, of them yeah, I just, I don't know. So I think, like, people need to keep asking the ATP about it whenever new facts come mm-hmm. out, you know, at the ATP tour. Like, make them know that people care and people want to know. I really deeply appreciate, like, journalists that ask players about these kinds of things. I mean, I wish that mm-hmm. there were more press opportunities to get a hold of, like, the organizers and powers that be. Like, I would yeah. be fascinated to ask i don't know the you know uh, director of safeguarding or whatever they have now um i think they did literally hire someone to be the director of safeguarding wonder what he's doing guess he's on vacation again um just kidding that was a joke that was a joke i'm not slandering (laughs) that was a joke um and ask you know one one of the people in charge like i just yeah i know I I just think it's ridiculous. And, like, just tell me that you're working on something. Like, I find it so frustrating that, like, nothing is changing. They're not like, hey, we've seen this stuff happen. Here's our policy that now the players have to agree with for 2024 in order to play. The same way that they have to agree with the doping policy. And they have to have somebody come into their room, (laughs) like, you know, 20 times a year and test them for doping outside of tournament condition like it's just it's also outside of just holding the atp responsible i really think it's on the fans to hold sponsors accountable because Mm -hmm. money talks and like i just don't understand 
how he still has spot like as someone who works in advertising as someone who like works on sponsorship deals and all of that stuff like I do not understand how he still has sponsors like I do not understand how Adidas has not like fired him for like because in every single one of these articles like oh I'm getting heated now in every single one of these articles it has a photo of him playing a match and wearing that stupid ugly headband to hold back his Mm -hmm. stupid ugly hair that's falling out of his head Mm -hmm. that he barely has and the giant adidas logo yep emblazoned on his forehead adidas what the fuck are you doing i have uh, i'm surprised honestly like why doesn't do these companies and you probably know you know more about this than i do have a policy against their athletes they like, should committing they should crimes have, they should have a like morality clause in yeah. their contracts like How i not? just I, that is not outside the realm of possibilities and like if no one else is going to hold these athletes accountable the people you know giving them checks should be yeah. the ones to do it like and if these sponsors aren't putting like morality clauses in their contracts the fuck are you guys doing like i don't uh, i have i have not worked with like an influencer or whatever for so much less like it's just <laughs> crazy yeah. to me that like, he gets to get away with so much from adidas like this huge global brand who should have to like you know be held accountable to the morality of the globe like i just adidas what the hell like your logo is in every single article about this literally on this man's face yep literally how are you okay with this like i just i don't get it i i truly don't get it i mean it's just it's baffling 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 i mean and and the fact that he continues to be featured in like the posts that the atp make and the tennis channel make Mm -hmm. and stuff like that whenever he wins i'm like what the fuck are y'all doing why are you giving him any time i know they just really it's crazy it's insane anyway like we just need to move on because we've been talking for too long this episode's gonna be too long uh i'm sorry (laughs) but (laughs) it's just it's, it's so bad and why are they not doing something before he has to like fucking play Turin and like be, you know, in all the photo shoots and in all the interviews and all of oh, it's just so fucking gross, you guys. Like I know I've dropped like a lot of F bombs and that's really how you know that like I am pissed. Um, yeah. So uh, speaking of Turin. Speaking okay, sorry. Do you yeah. want to say a final note on this? It just it really at this point Every time I think about it a lot or I see, like, we've talked about this before, but it makes me sick to my stomach and it makes me not want to fucking watch tennis. Yeah. Like, and that is humongous because you know that tennis is, like, my main personality trait. Like, <laughs> like it is, it's just vile. It's just vile to me. It just makes me hate the sport a little bit. Yeah. And the more that they try and hide this and not address it and sweep it under the rug, the worse it gets. And mm-hmm. they need to just nip this in the bud, do something about it, may have a policy, even if the policy only applies to, like, incidents going forward and does not apply to anything that has happened in the past, have a policy to safeguard your players yeah. and safeguard yeah. 
their partners and like it's just I safeguard their coaches and like every like just do something like do something dot org you know yeah. like mm. it's just crazy <laughs> that they haven't you have had more than it's a year so to come crazy. up with a policy to actually you've have had consequences years 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 to 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 put in a and policy the ATP in place is to profitable. They can hire a consultant firm to like tell them how to deal with this bad PR. Yeah. Like I just, it's so ridiculous to me. And this has gotten, I say PR, this has gotten coverage. There's an article in the New York yeah. Times about this. I saw this on CNN. I saw this in the Guardian in the UK. Like this is, it's around. And it's like when you search up tennis, you see these kinds of stories, and it's mm-hmm. a fucking problem. And yeah. I just think, like, ATP, sort out your scheduling, blah, blah, blah. Sort out this shit, please. Yeah. Like, it's guys. Like, it just makes grow me... Grow up. Just, <laughs> come on. It, it, anyway, it, it, I'm like, just a mad. Anyway. Okay. We're going to talk about <sighs> Turin now. So Turin. the final Turin crew has been decided now that Paris is over. We have Novak Djokovic, Carlos Alcaraz, Daniil Medvedev, Yannick Sinner, Andre Rublev, Stefano Tsitsipas, Zverev, and Holger Runa. Um, I wish we could just make, you know, just be like, hey, six spots. Uh, Turin's actually only six spots now. It's only six Thanks. people. Bye. But no. <laughs> but no. So everyone has been decided. I think all of these spots are final because I don't I think, think anybody is playing this week. So, you know, mm-hmm. there are Three a couple tournaments happening this week, but whatever. Um... I did do my draw math spreadsheet um, to mm. compare, like, where everyone could fall. And actually, um, the draws are more even this year than last year, I think, in terms of, like, mm. hard court prowess. Because if you look at this list, you don't really have, like, Rafa, for instance, who, like, yeah. was amazing on clay last year, but then, you know, not so good toward the end of the year and on the yeah. hard courts, etc. So, yeah. Yeah. And you don't have Rafa, who is, uh, you know, historically so bad indoors. Man cannot play without the sun. (laughs) Yeah. And you also have, like, you know, Novak and Carlos, the clear one and two being those top two seeds. You don't have, like, Novak Djokovic being the seventh seed or something crazy. Um, Yeah. Where a draw either got Novak Djokovic or Taylor Fritz. Like... (laughs) You know, like, sorry. Um, But generally, (laughs) I think the group that everyone is going to want to be in is Charlie's group because, Mm -hmm. you know, his form lately on indoor hard courts has not been that great. And I think you also want, like, Holger in your group because overall he has the lowest uh, ELO rating on hard courts. Mm -hmm. Um, And ELO rating is decided based on, like, players that you beat, essentially. Yeah. And I mean, Holger, I mean, Holger actually, I think, played really well this week uh, or last mm-hmm. week um, in Paris, but uh, he is an injury risk as well still. Um, uh, so it's always just, I think, better to have someone who has not been playing their best as opposed to, you know, Novak Djokovic, who just won Paris. Yeah. I mean, Holger has been playing pretty well, but like, who was he playing in Paris? You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't playing the top eight. No, no, he wasn't. I will be interested to find out storylines to watch going into Turin. Um, can Stefano Tsitsipas get his first top 10 win of the year? We'll see. We shall T. see. I mean, I that's a good actually. He, he, he was playing pretty well in Paris, I'll say. He 
he was. He was, actually. And so. Yeah. Steph has been playing better li- lately, Ag- again, mm-hmm. with the, um, you know, the doubles of it all. He wins a doubles title and then goes on to play really well <laughs> for a couple tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Steph's playing really well. I mean, honestly, I think Yannick and Daniil obviously have been playing extremely well. Yeah, um, that's true. Looking at this list, I'm sort of like, who could Steph beat? And like, maybe Holger? I think the rat he could beat. Oh, yeah, that's fair. For yeah. sure. Um, I think so. You know, but so. he's only he's not going to have both of them in his group. He's going to have one yeah. or the other. And I think he can eat, he can beat both of them. Holger is going to be tougher, I think, from a mental standpoint, because Steph, I don't has Steph ever beaten Holger. I don't know, but I think he also has a really good record against Yannick. Uh, The last time they played, though, I think was in Rotterdam, and Yannick won, which was back in February. He has a bad record against Holgaruna, but Holgaruna isn't 19 anymore. Um, True. Steph specifically has a bad bad record against 19-year-olds, which I think is interesting. Like, he's, I think... I don't know exactly what the stat is, but specifically, like, awful against dudes who were 19. They have only played twice. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, the first time they played was the infamous uh, Roland Garros match, uh, where Steph went actually insane during mm-hmm. that match. Um, and then again in Stockholm, which was indoor. Uh, but that was during Holger's, like, kind of crazy indoor run, like, up into Paris. Um, yeah. So that was right before... A couple weeks before Paris. And that was Steph's um, 500 curse. That was Steph's 500 curse. Wow. Both Steph and I have curses. Interesting. Um, the men are cursed. <laughs> I mean, everybody's got a curse. Who doesn't have a curse? Uh, that's, you know, very true. Katie, what will happen first? Danielle Medvedev winning a title twice or Stefano Sitsipas winning a 500? Ooh. At and this think point, about it. it feels going like into 2024, up. like... Daniil, unless he just goes and does the golden swing, like, there's not anything left for him to win. (laughs) I mean, he could win Madrid instead of Rome. Um, Mm -hmm. Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo. Um. (laughs) Wimbledon. Australian Open. Rolling Garros. Rolling Garros. Plenty of titles. He's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to start winning Grand Slams. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or the golden swing. Or the golden swing, which please... Don't. That's the only thing Cam can do. No, I'm kidding. Cam is fine. Um, but true, that's the... I mean, Cam's last title was against Carlos Alcaraz. Slay. <laughs> oh, Not everyone great. can win a 500 against Carlos Alcaraz, Steph. On clay, yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't... I don't... I mean, we'll see. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I... Personally, I think, like, the match that I would expect to see... Is a Novak and Carlos semifinal, not necessarily yeah. a Novak and Carlos final, because I think that like there's a chance someone in Carlos's group could beat him, because he's gonna be playing either Yannick or Daniil, and I think there's a chance that yeah. either one of them could beat him on an indoor hard court specifically at like this point in the season. Yeah. Um, Carlos Definitely. has had lots of time to rest because he went out early in Paris, so you kind of never know, but like. I don't know. I would expect, like, Novak to just clear his group and win everything. But, like, Charlie, I think he could lose something. Yeah, I think Charlie's a lot more volatile against these upper players. Um, Yeah. I I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, the only play, I mean, I think honestly, I mean, he's not, here's the thing. We probably will be, hopefully, this, I mean, maybe, do I hope for this? Mm, I don't know. We might be seeing Carlos play Andre for the first time outside of an exhibition ever. Outside of, yeah, wow. Which, again, like, I don't, I just don't know, like, what is going to be that matchup like in a real, like, match scenario. Mm-hmm. It could be dicey. Um, we know how <laughs> Carlos plays against gingers. <laughs> so true. So. Uh, hold on one second. I'm looking up something quickly. Okay. So yeah, Steph used to have a better record against Yannick, I think, but now right now it's five two Steph Yannick, which oh, is interesting, interesting to me. What's the other one that so. Yannick beat Steph at? Um, he, that is not the page that I wanted to go to, and now I lost it. I don't know. One of them was, oh, the Masters 1000 in Rome in 2020. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. My God, they played a second set tie break that went to 11-9. Ow. Wow. That was kind of a while ago, but, um. And that's the set that Steph won. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, and then he lost the six. Six one, six, six seven, nine, six two. <laughs> um but the last time Yannick beat Steph was on an indoor hard court um this year. Um but Steph was dealing with That's shoulder true. injury. Um but I think Yannick overall has been playing immaculate tennis. Out of his to mind. be honest. Like amazing, stunning, fantastic, chef's kiss all all over everywhere. Love mm-hmm. love him for that. Um so we'll see. Yeah. My closer for this, the last thing that I have on the notes doc, Katie, um, one of the ATP social media videos this week was like, mm. guess which songs are on the playlist of which player. They called it a cue. Y'all should have called it a playlist. What are you doing? Yeah, um, come on. A cue is for Netflix. A playlist is for Spotify. Like Also, players playlists. Yeah, thank you. Come Katie. on. Katie. The joke writes itself. <laughs> So what are the what are the songs that you would put as your three songs? Like, what's the concept here? Like, three songs that I just listen to a lot? Yeah, th- three songs that you enjoy, that you listen to a lot. The thing that I did to, like, find what mine probably should be was go to my On Repeat on Spotify. Like, that's what oh. I would suggest. Oh, so, I don't know. Good, also, good this was kind of old. They filmed this, like, a really long time ago. They'd been sitting on this one. Why do that? Honestly, if you're going to sit on it that long, wait until the Spotify Wrapped comes out and then post so it So true. That, that would have been the much better video is like players go through their Spotify Wrapped. Also, Let us be guys, your social media I swear, manager. <laughs> I swear that like they just, the the way they need to do Secret Santa, like it just pisses oh my me God. off that they haven't done Secret Santa. Need it so bad right now. Because um, the top three on my, well... No, I don't know how to say that person's name, so I'm skipping. So one, two, and four on mine are Choice of Rush, Harry Styles, Satellite, still to this day. Of and then Olivia Rodrigo, Bad Idea, right? Oh, I didn't realize you liked that song so much. Oh, love it. Love it. Nice. Um, Mine is, uh, uh, is it over now? Taylor Swift version from the okay. vault. Um, Heated by Beyonce. And um, my favorite song of all time uh, which is Safety Net by Ariana Grande. Oh, I, if, I don't think I would guess that that's, I don't know, like you liking 
specific Ariana Grande songs. Like, it just doesn't really fit to me. Like, it's always a little shocking. That is interesting. Anyway, I haven't been listening to that much music lately. I don't know why. Why not? Are you in your podcast, um, like, binging era? I'm in my audiobook era. Oh, damn. I wish I was there. Yeah, I've been listening. I'm currently listening to Eve Babbitt's. Um, and then th- it's always a, a November vibe for me, which makes zero sense. It's like summer reading, basically. Uh, what else have I been listening to lately? Weird stuff. Anyway, it's fine. If you want our reading lists <laughs> in the off season, let us know. <laughs> anyway. Oh, okay, well. Oh my god, Carrie Soto Book Club during the off season? Absolutely oh, not. No, hard we no, could not. Hard, hard no. no. We would get so. Like, you didn't I, read it. I read it. No, I did. I finished it. I did. Finish oh, it. I didn't think you did. One hundred percent did. No, I did. Um, we could do that. Here's the thing. We, we would won't. just. We can't because um we. But are. Wimbledon Movie Club, you guys. It's coming. Maybe. Maybe. Watch out. Probably. It's on yeah. the list. Anyway. That's it. That's all we have. Katie, do you want to do the plugs this time? Sure. Um, If you want to interact with us more, um, you can follow us on Twitter at BackhandsPod. We post about new episodes. If you want to follow me, either me or Miranda, Miranda is at TennisEra, and I am at TennisBrainRot. If you would like to send us an email about your douce-moi stories, or if you are any of the managers who work for the ATP who want to hire us to do your social media because we have brilliant fucking ideas, um, we are BackhandsAndCompliments at Um, (laughs) gmail.com. Also, we would love it if you would rate us five stars, leave us comments, reviews, whatever leave us a live tweet thread on twitter if that's more your vibe we love reading it we love interacting with you guys on any sphere and place thank you so much for listening and we'll we'll be back sometime next week um (laughs) next week no the the thing that i was thinking was like the live tweet thread great loved saying that at the end I just gotta like I gotta like cut this portion and put it at the beginning. <laughs> I know we should do we really should do the plugs like at the beginning as well. Lots of podcasts do that and we just don't. We just jump into it. Anyway. We just it just I don't know. Some of this sometimes it does just doesn't feel serious real. Oh, just God. like we're chatting. I'm back. I'm back. I'm gonna have to start looking for theme songs again. Mm. Oh no. Oh no. Also, I know this is at the end, but if you have any of your favorite soundbite clips from the tennis season that you love, please send them to us and we will put them in our intro because we are going to be copying off of our favorite, but well, my favorite podcast because it's the only podcast I listen to, uh, Fan Behavior. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite podcasts for sure. It's, it's I think they just podcast. don't have enough of a back catalog for me to call it my favorite. I think Who Weekly is my favorite because I've literally been oh, listening true. since like January of 2018. Oh, that's a that's dedication. Twice that a dedication. week. <laughs> Plus <sighs> Patreon, three times a week. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. What a slave. Anyway, bye. Bye. <laughs>